Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into Full Power, where we lead men in ardently pursuing a loving God. So thankful and blessed to have Justin Alexander in the studio hanging out with us today. We're going to hear a little about his story and what God's doing in his life coming up, so you don't want to miss a minute. Hang with us. Welcome to Full Power. Hey, dude, what's up, Justin? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's hard to hard to recognize you in a suit and not in like your workout attire. That's oh, yeah. where I know you from. I know you from the gym. Yes, getting our sweat on, man. Well, cool, man. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And uh, um, before we kind of get into, it, I'm gonna do a quick community update and uh, kind of let the guys know kind of what we've got going on. Um, so as I've been sharing with you guys, we're still targeting um, quarter two for the launch of our community piece. Uh, again, we absolutely feel that God is 100% calling us to focus in on the discipleship, the accountability, and just the iron on iron. So that is coming, guys. And uh, um, as always, we're looking for time, talent, and treasure to come alongside the ministry and support us. So you know, if you've got a skill set, you know, maybe you've launched and grown a community and you kind of know all those steps or something like that. We'd love to, you know, brainstorm with you and get you kind of plugged in with the team and help us out because we want to do all of this with excellence. So anyway, uh, with no further ado, um, do you mind opening this up in prayer? Man, I would love to. Let's I'd do it, to. man. God, you are good. You're holy. You're loving. And Father, we thank you for that. God, we thank you for this this season of Christmas in which, God, you loved us enough in which you sent your son here to earth for us. And we know that without the incarnation, there is no crucifixion and there is no resurrection, God. So we thank you for that. Father, let the knowledge of that, the, the knowledge of the incarnation and of Jesus change the way we live, the way we think about you, the way we think about one another. Uh, let, let us change the way we think about being dads, uh, being fathers, being men. Um, knowing that we have had a model go before us, God. Um, be with us in that and be with us in our conversation. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So um, I, I love the prayer. One thing I, I should have told you beforehand is that, praise God, we're actually like six to eight episodes <laughs> ahead. So when people watch this, it'll be like <laughs> late January, that. early February. Hey, it's Christmas all the time. It's always it Christmas. It's always Christmas. <laughs> So anyway, Sorry. it's all good, man. It's all good. We love Christmas. We're always looking forward to it or looking back on it or That's it. love Christmas. At that point, we'll be 330 days till Christmas. Yes. Or something like that. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, cool, man. So, um, you know, just, just kind of tell me a little bit about your story. You know, I know a little bit, like I said, we, yeah. we've hung out at the gym and I, I know kind of that you're called to ministry. You're in ministry. That's kind of your shtick. And, you know, when did Jesus get a hold of you, and yeah. Yeah. what's he kind of been doing with you since then? Yeah, so um, I'm from the great state of Alabama. I am an Auburn fan, not an Alabama fan, just so everybody knows that. <laughs> I have all my teeth, so it's Auburn fan. <laughs> oh, so, gosh. Yeah, so no. <laughs> we just lost a bunch of our audience right there. I, <laughs> my brother's a big Alabama fan, so I'll okay. uh, just rub that in his face. So. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, uh, you know, grew up and uh, with that, loved football, so grew up yeah. playing football. I was this size in eighth grade, and so wow. I was uh, told that I was going to play college football, and then I did not grow another inch. So I went from being – played at a big school, a 6A school in Alabama, so real big. Uh, went from being the biggest guy on the offensive line to the smallest guy on the offensive line, um, but still loved it and yeah. wanted to do it. Um, after my second shoulder surgery, though, I kind of knew that it was probably not going to be the – uh, be the case. Um, and also during that time, I'll be honest. So I, so my parents are both 
first generation Christians. Uh-huh. Um, they both grew up grew up in some pretty broken backgrounds. Um, yeah. Like when you think about families from the holler of Alabama, that yeah. is that is my family. And so, um, but what's funny is when we think about Alabama, you think everybody's Christian. And yeah, that's just not the case. Yeah, um, and and so that so my parents both got saved in college. Um, had friends who invited them to church in which they heard the gospel. It was the same church. They met in a college ministry, you know, all that. Yeah. Um, early on, my brother early on, man, like God just got a hold of his life and at an early age, just, man, just loved Jesus. For me, I was always the skeptic. And, mm-hmm. and so growing up, there was some major issues that happened in our church. Um, obviously I won't get into, but it, it caused me to think this, like, if God's real, there's no way that he's okay with any of that. And like, yeah. why would I want to be a part of something yeah. that's that's like this? Full circle now, it's pretty funny to where I am. But, yeah. you know, and um, so I kind of made a decision when I was 16 that I was done with this. Um, I was going to move away. When I turned 18, I was going to move to Atlanta, make a bunch of money, yep. put myself through college somehow, leave this whole faith thing behind and and be done with it. And that was what I was going to do. Um, but my junior year, the summer before my junior year of high school, our football coach um, in that January, he left after we had an undefeated season. He went to the biggest program in Alabama, and we brought in another coach, and that coach was a real strong Christian, which I was not happy about at the time because <laughs> I was tired of Christians. Yeah. And he said, hey, Justin, I want you to go to this football camp with me. So these pro athletes, college athletes are going to be there, college coaches, pro coaches. I think you can benefit it and learn from a lot. He says, on top of that, somebody paid your way to go. Um, so I'm like, well, okay, you know, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, we'd make our drive up here to black mountain, North Carolina. So, you know, we're <laughs> yep. now in, you know, in the mountains, yep. uh, Western North Carolina anyway. So we're there, I get off the bus and on the sign, it says fellowship of Christian athletes, football camp. You can only imagine how angry yeah. I was. What was the self-talk going through your mind? <laughs> like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> right. Like, my coach has just... You shanghaied yes, me. Yes. Like, you hoodwinked me. This isn't okay. <laughs> yeah, I called my parent. I'm like, you knew about this. Like, you knew. that. And 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 so, anyways, go to this camp. Ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Um, I see these guys who just, man, they love football. They love Jesus. And I'm like, man, something's different about them. I'm filled with all of this just turmoil and anger and just like this feeling of hatred. Yeah. And all these guys are just full of love and joy. And it's not that their lives are perfect. Yeah. And a lot of them, I was actually better at football than them. So it wasn't even that. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, what is it? And it was the fact that they knew Jesus. And so I can remember the third night of that camp, um, Adrian Dupree get up and preaching a sermon about the Israelites groaning at God for the fact that they were having to wander around in the in the desert and, you know, Israel like it would have been, they literally say it would have been better if we were still slaves. And so God sends in the serpents and, and, um, begins to obviously bite them and they're dying and they go to Moses. They're like, Hey, um, something like, this is not okay. Please pray for us. And so it does. And he says, make a staff and put it in the middle of the tent, the, you know, the middle of the community. And it says that anybody who looks at the staff of the of the serpent will live. So if you can imagine all these people just seeking to try to get yeah. to there to see this and live. And then here's what Agent P did. He he went to John 3. He says, Jesus says this in John 3. He said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must I be lifted up. And then it goes into John 3, 16. And what he said is this. He said, some of you in this room today are looking all, you're grumbling, you're angry, and all that, which was me. He said, some of you just need to take a moment and just look. 
And in that, you might find life. And I did. And my life's been different since. I went from a guy who hated the church um, and now becomes a guy who is a pastor in the church. And so, um, yeah, in college, man, God just, I knew God was calling me to ministry, didn't know what it was. And then through visiting people in the hospital, um, God just kind of said, hey, this is what you're going to do with the rest of your life. And, And now, full circle, I live in Hendersonville, North Carolina, about 45 minutes from Black Mountain, where God saved me, and yeah. we've been here since 2015, and we love it, man. Uh, we're at First Baptist Hendersonville, and we really do love it. Yeah. Tell me about your family, man. Yeah, so I have a wife, Sarah. She, um, same, she Her birthday um, is, well, when we're recording this, is actually tomorrow, so um, <laughs> her birthday's tomorrow. Um, I'm two weeks older than her, and then we have uh, two little boys, Titus and Haddon. Um, Titus is uh, five, and Haddon is three. The name Haddon comes from Charles Haddon Spurgeon, um, one nice. of my biggest, um, you know, just kind of guys that I love. And so, of course, I'd use his name. And so, but it's great, you know, having a lot, having a house with two rambunctious little boys um, is a lot of fun. So were they were they in the the youth little kids thing like my son was? Yeah. So not this morning, wink, wink, but several months yeah, ago. <laughs> yeah. So my oldest Titus was, he was actually up in like the middle. Um, okay. And what's funny is Did he have the bow tie on. Yes. He had the bow Dude, tie on. He was like all in it. Yeah. Oh, he, I was like, stoked about him. Like he was ready to go, yeah. you know? And so he, uh, it's funny. He is all over the place all the time, but when it comes to things like that, he's like, I'm about to get this thing 110%. And That's so, awesome. Um, so yeah, he loved it. And then my brother and his wife, they moved up here and they're on staff at the church with us now. And his daughter was actually standing right in front of him. She's okay. she is the same age as your as your son. Okay. And um, her name is Adeline. And uh, okay. so but yeah, it was fun. It was a great time watching the kids this morning. I was happy about the whole thing with the exception of where I was sitting. There's a parent that decided to send their kid with reindeer horns right in front of my kid. I couldn't see my kid. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Hey, my brother recorded it. So if you end up on a recording, I'll get it to you. I've got a recording with the fantastic, like the antlers. But no, I I digress. It really wasn't bad at all, man. But I just wanted to get that dig in there. But yeah, man. So cool experience. I mean, let's talk about being a dad for a minute. Yeah. Man. Hashtag hard stuff. My goodness, absolutely it's not easy. So, tell tell me tell me, kind of what wisdom has God kind of showed you as as He's journeyed you through being a dad? Yeah, um, a couple of things, and this is, you know, I'll say this too. There's a lot of books about being a dad. A lot of them were written in like the '80s though, and so sometimes I have a hard time with it because our kids just live in a different world yeah. than when, you know, James Dobson, all these who wrote great books yeah. with great principles. Yeah. And so I, I kind of struggled with that early on. Like, man, how am I going to raise my sons um, to be just these great men? And, and I had a couple of things that, that has been said to me or I've heard on podcasts and stuff that have been very, um, very helpful. One is um, you, you, you never have, you don't know how much your kids are looking at you. And, um, and how much that matters. Like we can probably look back in our life and see the good and the bad of our fathers and our, and our mothers, you know, of like, and we saw everything. Um, and like, for instance, man, like it's amazing how much our kids see us when we're on our phones and we don't even realize it. Uh, you know, there's nothing worse than being told by your three-year-old, put down your phone, daddy. I want to talk to you. You know, like, man, there is nothing (laughs) more gut-wrenching than something like that. Right. And so like, for me, it's this realization of like, man, like I want to, like, how is it that I can model not just like 
being strong, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But like, how do I model like Christ in my life? And that's more than strength. I mean, that is like, for instance, like I think one of the greatest things you can do for your kid as far as showing them the gospel is apologizing when you're the one that messes up. It's good. Yep. You know, like how many times, how many times growing up do we actually hear our father's apology? You know, cause I know it's strong. No, no, yeah. no. I didn't, yeah. you know, no, no, you yeah. know, it's like, man, but what does that look like to all, to be the guy who comes forward and says, I'm the one that messed up. Um, I, I think that, I think that's so good, man. And I, I, I want to jump in there cause, yeah. I, cause I know that I'm guilty of that. Oh, and, yeah. and this is the self-talk that's going through my mind. It's, they, they know that I messed up and they know that I'm sorry that I messed up, but you know, to, to hold the line and to be yeah. dad, I don't need to say, you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah. I yeah. don't need to see what that also, what that ends up happening is, is it creates this kind of false picture of who you are. And yeah. so the kids know that you're not perfect, but you give off the appearance that you are perfect. And so what that means is dad's a hypocrite. Yep. And, and yep. that's hard. And yep. so in that, like in that man, like humility is the hardest thing in the world. It's like, we're talking about Christmas. Think about the humility of Christmas. I mean, Christ literally Ephesians two humbled himself and took on the form of a servant, you know? I mean, like in that, like, I think that has to affect fatherhood. And so I would say yeah. that's one like that I learned that was really big Two, the, one thing that's been said to me that was so helpful was, um, you can't put your kids in a box as far as understanding them. Mm. And your kids are not the same. Yeah. And so you can't even parent them the same. In some ways, I think John Tyson talks about this, that like you're a, like you're almost a different parent to each of your kids because they're different. Um, and, and I see that with my two. And so with that, the way in which I approach them has got to be different. Yeah. Um, and then, and, and, and so like, even like with my oldest Titus, he is very much, I mean, he's type A, like his mom is like hardcore type A perfectionist. Yeah. Things want to be done. But then he's also got like my, just like, sense of humor, just like want to have fun. So you've got this passion <laughs> yeah. mixed with this type A and perfectionism, which can be a very deadly combo sometimes. Yeah. And so, which that means like he can fly off the handles, you know, those kind of things yeah. just cause he's yeah. so just like, he feels it deeply. Yeah. And what I've got to be careful of is one, um, not squashing that. Cause I think there's some gifts in that that are going to help him later on in life. Yeah. So this kind of conformist mentality, I don't know if that's always the thing, but then also too, okay, how do I parent? How do I be a good dad to him? even in my, in my discipline, but also my encouragement. Yeah. That's different than my second born. My second born is very type, like type B man. He's just like, go with the flow, sit back, wants to sleep in, you know, my old, my oldest is, I mean, he's up first thing in the morning. And, and, and so with that, like the way in which I encourage or parent my second is very different than my first. Yeah. My second, it's kind of like, all right, let's do this. You know, come on, (laughs) you know, my first one, it's, I don't have to tell him that, you know? And so, and yeah, so for my first one, it's like, hey, it's okay to mess up. You know, it's yeah. okay to make a mistake. For my second one, it's, hey, let's get some stuff together a little bit. Yeah, you know? let's yep. let's make this happen. But, and so that's one thing that's been helpful for me is to realize my kids are different, yeah, and to parent them that way, and to yeah. be gracious towards them in that way. So yeah. I don't know if that's helpful for you. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think uh, you know something that when you were talking, it kind of made me think of something that God's been working on me about with with being a dad is, uh, I, I have to like realize that God doesn't want little carbon copies of Andrew running around. Like you were talking about the uniqueness and, and, you know, that's something that I didn't really realize was a thorn in my parenting style. Like I was, 
I was trying to make them that, you know, okay, you know, think everything through and, you know, yeah. and, and they're, they're foreign too. I mean, what do they need to think <laughs> yeah. through at this point? Yeah. But, you know, I'm trying to like prepare them for adulthood tomorrow. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. daddy has that urgency about it, but, yeah. um, you know, what he's really been showing me is, you know, I have uniquely and lovingly crafted them in my image mm -hmm. and Absolutely. they're not little carbon copies of you. They're little carbon copies yeah. of me. Yeah. And, uh, so just being able to bring that, um, like you said, the unique parenting to each kid yeah. and love them and support them. However, you know, their personality and their wiring yeah. and their trajectory takes them. Yeah. I think there is something about, um, intentionality though, too. Yeah. That's important. Yep. Um, like, you know, with what you're saying about like, I, I want to prepare them like that. I think that's super helpful. Like one thing I think that we're in the reason that we're in the place we are today is because like formation has just not been something we've thought about enough in the church. Yeah. Um, and so what's happened is we've allowed the world or these other people to form them and we've taken a back seat. Yeah. Even, even, so what I would say is we've even allowed the church to be the primary form of formation instead of the family. And, that, of the family. Yep, I agree. And, and so, um, just realizing that your kids are going to be formed by something like everything's forming and shaping them all the time, yeah. being intentional in what you allow them to, you know, what you want to form them with is important as well. And yeah. and, and so what's also a temp temptation in that is, is we have to be careful with is not trying to also live out your dreams through your kids too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love baseball. I yeah. do. And my son loves baseball and it's very tempting for me to like want to like my kid to achieve all these great things in baseball because I love baseball so much. And I'm like, look, he might decide in a couple of years, he don't want to play baseball anymore. And I yeah. gotta be okay with that. You yeah. know? Yep. And okay. So that's not the most ultimate thing in his life. And yeah. so, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like that temptation is just so, um, it's yeah. always there. It's yes. always kind of nagging in your, I, I get that. I get that, man. Yeah. And, uh, so, so let's, let's talk about, let's talk about being a husband because that's, yeah. that's as men, that's, uh, for a lot of us that obviously aren't single right now, that's kind of a big, big mm. role and hat that we wear, obviously. And, uh, tell me, tell me a little bit about the wisdom and insight that yeah. God's kind of shared you in, in that department. Yeah. So, it's funny, you know, I'd always, I was, um, because I'm a passionate guy, I was very much of a, a guy who thought I would never mess up. I would look to the things that like my parents or maybe the mentors of mine did in their marriage and their parenting. I was like, I'll never do that. You yeah. know, yep. which I talk about that a lot in premarital counseling. Like you're more like your parents than you think. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> um, but you know, I was the, I was the kind of guy, I was like, when we have kids, I'm never going to be that guy who just ever neglects his wife or just yeah. like, man, I'm 110% all the time. Yeah. But you know, as a dad and a husband yep. and you know, as someone who ha like is a driven person that wants to do good in your work, like there's, there's days where you got nothing left. Yeah. And what's very easy to do is that very thing. You've poured out everything to everything to everybody else. And so your wife gets nothing. Yeah. And, and that's a big temptation and, yep. and, and a difficult thing to do. Um, I think, Something that I'm trying to grow in right now as a husband is trying to, um, instead of, I know this sounds weird, but instead of trying to just anticipate whatever it is Sarah's going to want, trying to be more intentional and asking her, like, where are you right now and what do you need yeah. right now? Um, it's easy for me to think, well, we've been married now for, you know, be eight years and a couple weeks and, um, and just think, oh, I've got every, I got everything figured out at this point. I know what she's going to need. I know what she's going to want. All that. 
But I've also known, like, for instance, in her, her love language changed when we had kids. Yeah. And, and, and who she was, like, what she needed most. And so if that's so, I mean, and that's changing as our kids are getting older. And so, like, if I'm not taking the time to listen to that um, and, and do my best in trying to grow in those areas, then, like, that's going to be a struggle. And I would say what I've got, what I'm really guilty of is I love helping people. And I can be very guilty of helping people so much that I'm not helping my family. Yeah. So yeah. my wife would tell you straight up right now that I'm really <laughs> bad about overloading my schedule. Yeah. And it's full two weeks out, but then things come up. And so I add things to my schedule. And so what, I, and then on top of that, you know, I'm working on my doctorate right now and I just signed on to start teaching at Fruitland Bible College on top of it. And so, and that's my, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm not, glad we got you on the show yeah. because it sounds like in the next coming weeks, it's just never going to happen yeah. for the next 20 years or something. <laughs> well, I'm just, I love being, I love my plate full. Like yeah. I function best when, yeah. when I have nothing on there is when I get, I feel like I'm late. Maybe it's just, I feel like I'm lazy. Maybe that's what it is. But, but, and so, but what's, what can happen in that is all these things take precedent over my family yeah. and then specifically my wife. Yeah. And so, um, I'm trying to be strategic in that. Even for instance, I'm going to, um, preach at a, um, uh, for a buddy, his church in Memphis in February, I got it set up. I said, Hey, Sarah, here's what we're going to do. Your parents talk to them, get them, take that weekend off. They come up and keep the kids and you and I are going to go over. Obviously I'll, I'll preach it, you know, at night and everything, but you and I are during the day, we're going to go eat barbecue in Memphis. We're going to go to the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid, yep. you know, those kind of things, yep. and then get a weekend. Because you know how hard it is, like, when you have kids, yeah. and we don't have any family that lives near here. Like, yep. We don't have any built-in babysitters. Yeah. And so we have to be very intentional on that, and it's hard, yeah. you know. And so what I, so maybe it's intentionality or just awareness that I am trying to grow in as a husband because um, it's amazing how easy it is just to go through the motions, man, yeah. and get and, put on autopilot. And I think it's so much easier even, even so when you consider – uh, people that are like professional in ministry, their full-time yeah. ministry. Um, because, you know, basically everything that you're about is good stuff. Yeah. It's God's work. And, um, you know, I think, you know, God's been working on me the exact same way. And what he's kind of brought me to is the fact that I have a hundred percent in a given day and I need to make sure that I allocate that hundred percent of my energy, yeah. my attention, my focus, mm. um, my creativity, my passion, my drive, my strategy, all those different things. I need to make sure that I don't. And, and this was, goes back to something a, a mentor shared with me years before. It's exactly what you're talking about. He, he called it leaving the breadcrumbs for your family Yeah, and making sure that I am, if he needs me to give 60% of myself, at work today and have 40% of good quality me left over for the family mm. that day, then that's what I need to do. Yeah. If it, if it flip flops and it's a good 30% at work today and I need 70% to take home to the family, you know, that's how it has to be that day. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think in la one last thing, um, one thing that Sarah and I are trying to um, do better at, cause we see the importance of it is allowing ourselves creating some margin in our lives so that her and I both can have like deep friendships outside of even ourselves. So like, for instance, I have a group of guys that I met with one of the guys was on your podcast, Zach, um, yep, yep. 
great guy. Um, we have a group we meet every Thursday. This week we're meeting actually Wednesday night after church, after put the kids down and we're all going to hang out. Like we, that for us is, man, just such a special bond. We have a text group called To Encourage and To Agitate where we're constantly just like encouraging or ripping on each other. Or something. Yeah. Like it's just a good bond that we have there. Same thing my wife, she, we've, and it takes time to do that and it's not yeah. easy. Yeah. She's developed a group of friends, um, some ladies who just, man, most of them are actually a stage ahead of her in life, um, but they just all are just close. They started. They all. They all taught student ministry, like girls student ministry together. Yeah. They just all developed into great friends. So, but for instance, they once a month they do breakfast or dinner together, and they all go out, and it's like a four hour affair yeah. where they're hanging out. Yeah. Oh, but then even tonight, what they're doing is, they're doing a progressive dinner where they're. Like they'll come to our house and my boys and I will serve the ladies an appetizer, you know, but like they're doing those. And I think that's important and it's not easy to do that. Um, But I would say it's essential. Like my wife is my best friend. We would both tell you that we need other friends as well. Um, Because if not, you can suffocate each other. And yeah, yeah, you put two centers under a house together, you know, it's friction, man. It's it's just going to be, but I think it's important. Friendship's important. It it is. And you know, the other piece with that too, and you kind of touched on it for a second, you know, it's not only important for us to be able to cultivate those deep, meaningful, like dude and dude relationships, and then our wives with other lady relationships. Um, but it's also, you touched on the fact that, you know, getting away with, with our, with our spouse and, hanging out with our wife, you know, there's a book, uh, date your wife. Yeah. Good book. Um, and you know, just the idea that you, you were talking about intentionality. I think, I think almost it's, it's like on the Holy spirit's heart right now, because like every show in different capacities, we're always talking about focus and intentionality. And when you're talking about, you know, being a husband and, you know, being present and focused and intentional for your family, you know, being able to, have those group of friends. And then also, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you, you know, it, and everybody hanging out with us today knows that, you know, like to get kid coverage, you know, yeah. to, to be able to go on a date or to have, have a, a, a big, big people weekend or something. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's just hard. So, yes. you know, my challenge to me personally and to all the guys is, you know, make sure that you take the time and the intentionality and the effort to make your own group of friends, to help your wife make her group of friends, and then to whatever you have to do, carve out that time to be able to reconnect yeah. and, and, you know, just kind of Sabbath together and rest together. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It's so strong. That's good. That's good. So um, we were talking a little bit about, and, and uh, I, I kind of, it's, it's not tying in with anything we're talking about, but I'm just going to bring it up randomly anyway. Yeah. Uh, we were talking a little bit before about like goal setting and, Specifically when, you know, when we're Christians, you know, I, I, I always get concerned when, you know, goals, they say they need to be big and specific and they need to be quantifiable. Like you can say, okay, you know, if I do this by this date, then it's going to be successful. Well, you know, when we're talking in God's economy and his will and his calling, you know, it's a little bit different. We can't say, okay, well, you know, we need to have, we'll use the show, you know, we have to have, you know, X number of views and X number of YouTube subscribers and X number of watch hours or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, is that really God's heart? I, I, I don't know that it is. Yeah. I don't know that numbers. So, you know, how, how do you, how are you journeying through yeah. goal setting? Absolutely. Um, well, one thing our pastor says that I think is really helpful for me 
Because um, I think we all can be encouraged or discouraged by numbers, which can be very superficial. One thing our pastor always reminds us of is that um, it's our job to be faithful and it's God's job to be fruitful. So that's a good thing to, good. Rem- to remember. But faithfulness does not, but faithfulness means doing something, right? It's activity. And um, you, faithfulness is not, well, I'm just going to sit here and wait until something happens, right? It's yep. a, it is a pursuit. I mean, you know, Paul talked about that often. Like, I'm pursuing the prize which is set before me. Um, James says, faith without works is dead, right? I mean, all this. And so, um, what I think that means as far as goal setting is goal sometimes can be just a simple form for us to to put something forward that that helps us monitor the fact that we are running after this. And yeah. and so with that, like, okay, you know, numbers, people say, well, numbers is a number. Well, also numbers are souls and numbers are people. Indeed. And yep. um, numbers are reach. And, and so, uh, yes, numbers should not be the main thing we focus on, but numbers do mean then that we are engaging with people who either A, need to be encouraged in the work with Christ, or B, need to hear the gospel in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, so I, what I would say is is I think it can be important if it's framed in the right place. And yeah. with the right, what is the end in this? What is the, what is the reward at the end of the goal? Mm-hmm. If, if the numbers are just so that you can have a bigger platform, then that's a problem. Right. If it's for a specific purpose that lines up in the mission of what you're doing, um, lines up in, I mean, literally the Great Commission is go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. So making disciples, those are people, right? Yep. And make disciples is a multiple, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a process of as you are going, as you're about life, this is what your mission is to be, which means you are doing something where you're trying to reach people. Yep. He didn't say sit and let them come to you or just something like that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. th- there is activity built in. So that's what I think is important about goals and for us to set them. And now now I would say on the other side, I think we've got to be careful to be so goal oriented that we miss the people, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. You know, yep. like if I could just achieve this number, I've seen pastors do that, man, if I could just get our church to this number, yep. like then everything will be okay. Well, first of all, I think you've got a false understanding of what okay will be, right? Right. Yep. More money, more problems. Yep. And more people, more problems. Right. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, yes. like that's just uh that's a reality. But also I think with the mindset of, man, I, I want to see more people reach for Christ. Yeah. Uh, more people encouraged, more people sent out to engage the world, and those are goals that you that you shoot for. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I think that's really strong. Um, and uh, you know, I think with with goal setting, you've I I I believe you have to to leave that up to alteration as well. Mm. Um, you know, I I know that uh, because I'm sinful and I'm a fallen dude yeah. and I'm not making perfect decisions 100% of the time. <clears throat> As I'm journeying through goal setting and saying, "Okay, Lord, what do you want? What do you want to accomplish here? What do you accomplish in me? What do you want to accomplish in my family?" As I'm setting these goals, I also have to revisit them regularly, if not daily, depending on the scope of the goal. If it's a five-year goal, then maybe not daily. But if it's something like, "Hey, I want to uh, make sure that I've got quiet time with my wife." By the you know every single day by the end of the week or something like that, yeah. I need to revisit it and make sure that one I'm staying accountable to it, but two to make sure that I didn't bring some false understanding of what God wants me accomplish into it and let the yeah. Holy Spirit renegotiate and kind of auto correct mm-hmm. kind of where it's going. Yeah, and what, wouldn't you also say that um, 
taking a moment to zoom out from your current circumstance mm. helps with yeah. that kind of goal thing as well. Uh, um, Eugene Peterson has a book um, called Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Mm. And I think it's such a helpful look. It's like, you know, if you took a line graph, and I read this in college, my, my mentor kind of gave this to us to read, and he said, like, ultimately, we want the trajectory of our life to be going up, right? Okay, we want to be going up. In sanctification, that's the process of that. Mm-hmm. He said, but if we zoom in on that life, we see, man, there's there's times where man's going up, times where it's stagnant, times where there is a plummet, right? Yeah. You know? Yep. <laughs> well, it's like stock market, right? Yep. You know, you look at the stock market. If I look at it today, it's not doing so hot. <laughs> yeah. But you look back, that thing has climbed since it began, right? Yep. Same thing our life in this. And so even for our goals sometimes is perspective as well. And That's so and, and perspective also means a, real, a, a realization about our current situation mm-hmm. if we're comparing ourselves to something that's outside of you know our realm then yeah we're going to be let down by our goals but if we're comparing to where is a realistic you know thing but you know and so but i think that's where that whole long obedience in the same direction could help us as well as we understand goals is taking a moment sometimes to step out and say hey look man okay i'm not like i'm not where i want to be but yeah. this is where i was at this point in my life yeah you know Thank God that there is some growth that's happened in that. Indeed. Do you do you mind sharing with us like some goals you might have for yourself or your family or what what are some like rubber meat in the road kind of goals that you're personally shooting for right now? Yeah, so I'll, I'll say a couple things. Um, for me, um, the pandemic was good for me in a couple of ways. One, it um, it it caused me to zoom out and see how much I've put in my life. Um, which was good. I think a lot of people felt that. And so it's helped me learn a little bit about my schedule. The The bad part about it, though, is is the gym had been a part of my life for a really long time, and they were shut down for a while. And so I tried to do, um, like I bought a bike and tried to do some stuff at home. I have an injury, which I actually have to have surgery on in, the, in you know January or February. Um, but uh, so there's some delay from that. But because of that injury, I basically became – I would work out some, but not in the kind of same consistent, literally part of my routine and part of my discipline mm-hmm. of like it was for, I mean, eight, nine years of my life. And I went a year or so, and it's amazing how much atrophy and just kind of, and then it's amazing how you build patterns. And then what was an easy pattern for you is no longer an easy pattern. Mm-hmm. And then you get, dis- then you get discouraged. Right. And so, yeah. so my goal is for this next year personally um, is building Discipline in all areas in my life at a deeper level. So yeah. um, like at the gym, I have uh, certain goals of these are the times that I'm going to be in the gym in this way. You know, um, waking up and reading has always been a thing for me. Um, but oftentimes what can be added in with that reading is then taking a break to just like surf Twitter or stuff like this for a long mm-hmm. time. And so um, like one of the reasons my social media handles are there because I just tried to try yeah. to pull myself out of that. And so like, so, but that's discipline, right? So yeah. like my goal for 2022, if I had a word, it would be discipline. Mm. And so how do I lock in this discipline? Not just for the sake of, I mean, it's, as Paul said also to control the body, like not yeah. let it control you, but to control yeah. the body. Um, so personal, I would say that, um, family, um, our, my, my wife and I's goal for 2022 is have more to have more things that we do monthly or whatever where it is just us. That's good. Um, and so, like, setting up a goal sheet for the summer, the things that we want to do. Um, this will be my first summer without summer camp and all these kind of things. And so to be able to, like, really 
Um, for instance, the convention's in California next year, so we're planning. We're already saving for a big vacation. We're going to go to California, go to Disneyland, you know, go to San Diego, go to the San Diego Zoo, you know, all those kind of things. Like we're trying to, how do we provide memories for our kids? And so that's one thing for our family this year. Um, and then for the church, I'm in a new role of um, I've shifted from student ministry. Um, my role, my title was family minister, but I basically function as the associate pastor. And so um, my role, my goal for this next year in 2022 at our church is um, to grow in my pastoral leadership. So here's what I mean by that is like, man, what does it look for like for me to not only know all the young families in our church, but to know all of our older people, you know, the older people in our church, ones who have been following Jesus for a long time, or those who just moved down here from New York or moved up here from Miami who just trusted in Jesus six months ago. And, and so how do I hear their stories, hear their life, invest in them? Um, because it's easy for me to talk to my peers and really lead my peers. It's a little harder to lead those who are yeah. two, three generations older than me. So I would say for me, it's that, um, and numerically, we're seeing some incredible things happen in our church, mm-hmm. and so, um, uh, which is exciting. Um, but we also want to make sure that in the in the growth of numbers, the person is not diminished, if that makes sense, yeah. or the yeah. knowledge of the person is diminished. Yeah, that's strong, man. That's strong. Um, so, uh, one thing that I wanted to throw in there, you know, as you're as you're saying, discipline's kind of your thing. I think you'll really like uh, the one thing, the book yeah. that that I uh, threw your way, um, because it talks about habits. There you go. Gary Keller. We'll get shout yeah, out to yeah. that guy. Um, and just how significant, you know, the habits that we put in place and, and scientifically, I guess they've studied it. And typically I always thought it was two weeks. That's why I heard. And so maybe that's why some of my habits have failed because apparently it's 66 <laughs> days wow. for an average person. It's like 66 days until like you get it, you know, like I'm in the same boat as you. I have, I've, I hate it because like, you and I were in pretty good shape oh, man, and then yeah. the pandemic hit <laughs> and let's be honest, we're not in as good a shape as we were, but I've got buddies that like, I haven't seen them since a the pandemic. They're jacked. Yeah. They put on like 20 pounds of muscle yeah. and I put on 20 pounds of not muscle. Yes. I'm like, what? <laughs> but it's, um, it's my own fault. My own Did choices. They have kids. No. See that. No. I would say that's a little <laughs> that, bit of that. That's a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Oh, you know, I come. So another side confession, you know, coming home from church, we always hear from the back seat, Daddy, Daddy, uh, can we get can we get chicken fries and a frosty? <laughs> That's like our after yes. post church routine yes. is to go by Wendy's drive through, get chicken fries. fries and frosty, and take it on home and, yeah. and finish it off. But anyway, turn you into Frosty the Snowman right there. That's right. right. You are what you eat. <laughs> yeah. You are what you eat. But um, yeah, I mean the idea of putting those habits back into place. So for me to get back in the gym, like I'm easing into it mm-hmm. and like the energy, like I used to love it. Like yeah. you were saying, it was just an easy habit. You like to get in there. Like for me, that was exhausting. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like draining the limited amount of willpower I've got each day and all this different stuff and I'm getting in there. And so it, it was good for me to read that in that book because now I'm like, okay, it's not just two weeks. I really need to get to the point where, if it's 66 days, give or take, whatever it is for me personally, I need to get to the point where that's just mm. a smooth, easy habit. Yeah. And that's one of my one things because I know for me to be overall healthy, yeah. that brings back to the ministry, that brings back to my Absolutely. family. So I need to be at my physical best to be able to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish as well. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I agree. That's good. Yeah, man. So discipline and habits, I think, are are, are big things for 2022. But uh, And by the time people listen to this podcast, it'll be 2023. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not that far ahead. But uh, yeah, man. So uh, um, do, you mind, do you mind closing this out in prayer? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd awesome. love to. Thanks, man. Um, Father God, um, we're thankful for uh, the fact that you love us more than we love ourselves. You care about us more than we care about ourselves. Um, God, we're also thankful for the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, which is a guy, which is a motivator, which is that, you know, whispering in our ear, it's not good for you. It's not good for you. God, let us uh, be more willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and um, listen to his guidance. God, discipline is going to happen best when we are in tune with the Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray that for Andrew and myself, um, that you would fill us with your Spirit, that God, we would be, um, that we'd be close to you, that we would see that... Um, that, that, that having control over our bodies is what's best for us um, and not letting our bodies control us, God. Um, Father, I pray you be with us as fathers, uh, that we would um, be intentional in what we would do, that we would, see, that we would understand that our kids need our best, but not the rest. Yep, um, that's good. Father, I pray that you would be with us as, as, as husbands, um, that, our, that, that, that our wives would see and know that, that, we, that we care about them deeply. And that we would prove that by our actions. We prove that by our prayers. Um, and God, um, I pray in all this that you, God, you'll be with our ministries, God, that you would that you would be present in them, that you'll be working in them, um, that it would ultimately be for your glory and your glory alone, um, and that it would be used to advance your kingdom um, to the ends of the earth. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, thanks so much for hanging out. This hey, was, man, thanks for having me. This was so much fun. It was. I had a blast. I did too. So in 20 years, when you come up for air, we'll have you back on the show, man. <laughs> That's it. Hopefully not that long. But I we'll know. Yeah. No, you're, I, I already know your heart. You know, we were talking before about Sabbath and, you yeah. know, on the show, we're talking about intentionality of having rest with your family and everything. So mm-hmm. I know, I know that's going to be something that's going to be, um, significant in the next few years for you. So yeah. I'm, I'm proud of you in advance on that. Awesome. Um, thanks. and, uh. So um, I'm sure that there's going to be guys hanging out with us that want to connect with you. Um, best ways to email, is that right? Yeah, my email's on there. I'm okay. on social media, but I don't you do a ton. You heathen. Yeah, so no, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to do less. <laughs> I probably am on Twitter more than anything else. But um, See, I don't know how to. Nobody does Twitter anymore. So. I don't know how to do it. That's why I'm not on really? it. Really? You don't well, have tweet, I, man? I, Come on. Yeah, I've been called away from, from social media. That's why I'm not on it. But, <laughs> yeah. but seriously, like, I... To me, I, I I never could wrap my mind around Twitter. Just like, yeah. Well, see, I got on I it in know. college because it felt like every well, one our parents got on Facebook and it was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. And then it was, uh, <laughs> but then it was like, people were actually like real people were actually on Twitter and it wasn't yeah. just like their publicist. Yeah. And so I think that's what I loved about it. And so like a lot of pastors and stuff, I'll follow. Yeah. Um, that you actually get their insights on Twitter. So that's my yeah. main thing. And then. You know, I mean, just juicy news stories, man. So, yeah, uh, yeah. There you but, go. Uh, but more than that, yeah, if they want to get in touch with me, email is, is great. Um, I try to respond. Um, I mean, pr- I mean, fairly, I'm not going like, to go two weeks without, you know, responding to you or anything like that. So, I try it's a to week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, the cues at a week and a half. <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> just so, sometimes I just go ahead and put it in the spam folder. No, yeah. But, um, but, yeah. Auto delete. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I would just say do that. And if you reach out, you know, Twitter or Facebook or something, maybe if I see it, I'll respond. Yeah, so. that's good, man. That's good. Yeah. Well, cool, guys. Um, as always, you can connect with us with uh, wearefullpower.com and our website. Uh, and then our email is connect at wearefullpower.com. 
And uh, Larry, on our behalf, is on social media at <laughs> We Are Full Power. There you go. Uh, again, uh, not uh, not my forte, not my calling. So thanks. Thankfully, Larry is that's his wheelhouse. So anyway, connect with us, guys. We'd love to hear from you guys. Hear your stories of what God's doing. Uh, keep an eye out for the community piece coming up, and we'll keep you guys updated on that. As always, you're loved. You're sent. Uh, be blessed out there. Have some fun, and uh, we'll catch you on the next go round. Peace. <laughs> Thank you.